Charlene and Bob Steinkamp, the founders of Rejoice Marriage Ministries, are pleased to bring you the following message. To find out more about other materials available from Rejoice Marriage Ministries, or if we can minister to you in any other way, please contact us. You can write Rejoice Marriage Ministries, P.O. Box 10548, Pompano Beach, Florida, 33061. Please visit our website at www.rejoiceministries.org. Our hope is that through Charlene's message, you will receive the encouragement from the Lord, and with His strength and power, your marriage can be all that your Heavenly Father planned it to be. Welcome, welcome to Rejoice Pompano Beach Bible Study. We're thrilled to have everyone here. And we're going to get started because we have got a great night and we're excited about what's going to be happening. And uh, we'd love to tell everybody to text everybody or email everybody because we have a restored marriage that's going to be speaking in about 20, 30 minutes. So tell everybody on Facebook to get on and listen to it. We're really excited to have Angie and Scott share their testimony. So let's open up um, with prayer. Lord, we just praise you and thank you tonight. Thank you for all that you've done and do each and every day in each and every one of our lives. Lord, we just give you the praise and the glory for all that you do. You are our provider. You are uh, Jehovah Nissi. You're Jehovah Tishkenu. You're Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rophe. Lord, we just love you. You are our healer, our deliverer. You are our refuge. You are our fortress. You are our strength. You are a strong tower. Lord, what would we do without you? We can do nothing without you. And we just praise you and thank you. And we just pray that all of the husbands and the wives that are missing and the children that are prodigal children, that you will bring them to their senses this very night, that they will have their own Damascus Road experience that they will hunger and thirst for the word of God, that they will feel there is a hole in their heart that is missing something, and it is the Holy Spirit. Lord, we are asking you to go to them tonight as we worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're asking that you would go and minister to them the truth and the truth will set them free. Lord, open their eyes to see the truth. Open their ears to hear the truth. Lord, we are asking you to stir up their heart tonight. However you do it, you do it perfectly. Your ways, there's a thousand different ways, if not a million different ways of ways you do it. And we get all these emails of how, God, you touch even our standards to confirm over and over they're on the right road or they've taken a detour road. So, Lord, we just ask that you will open our ears to hear your message to each of us individually because you have a message for all of us tonight. Now, will we receive it and will you open our ears and eyes to see and hear what it is? And we just pray blessings upon this meeting and bring the people. And may you get all the people on Facebook Go and call your friends, people that you know need to hear about a marriage being restored. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to just warn you that this is going to be a great night. We're really excited about what we're going to be doing and what we're going to be teaching. 
How would you rate your walking in faith and believing what the Lord has said to you about marriage restoration? I want you to start thinking about this because I'm going to be talking about it. And are you walking in faith? Are you walking in doubt? Are you walking in fear? I mean, what? how many ways can we walk? There's many. And we just want you to today, if you need to make a new commitment and, or you just need to say, Lord, forgive me for doubting. Easter was just a few weeks away. I don't want to be doubting Thomas. And may we say, Lord, let me just throw that doubt and just throw it in that deepest ocean and just be at a tree that just be thrown into the sea and it gets rooted in the sea and never comes back because you know what you know what the Lord has said to you. So from 1 to 10, think about where you are because this may have been a difficult time because of Easter or different other situations that have happened in your family lives. But how would you rate your level of faith and, and God doing the impossible? Do you believe he's able? And we're going to show you anything is anything. I'm a living proof of it, of God can do anything. Bob and I have shared our story to so many people. Now, that's a miracle in itself for this ministry meeting. Now, let me give you um, Hebrews 11, 1, 6 to 7. I always like to put a scripture with everything. And it's... 11, verse 1 and 6 and 7. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And that's it. That's, that's right there is where we are. But verse 6 and 7 says, And without faith, it is impossible. Let me read this again to you. You all need to get this one. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Ouch. Are your feet being, are being stomped on? Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Verse 7 says, by faith, Noah, and I love Noah. When warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. Are you willing to build that ark? Are you willing to sign up for, I don't care how long it takes to build an ark, and guess what? Noah did not have an easy time with building the ark, did he? And I could just do a teaching on Noah. Oh, I love him. Because he... He was the oddball, including his family helped him. But how, can you imagine what those kids went through? Was what, what is your dad building over there? What did they, how much bullying did they get? And what was the wife, what did she say about her husband? You know, and it wasn't one year, it wasn't two years it was almost 100 years. It was 100 years. My goodness. Who is counting years, guys? I think that's a good lesson that we should not count. Is that not true? Because Noah warned the people. He had a message. He had a proclamation. And we do too. You are a proclaimer. God wants you to proclaim and to tell 
look what the Lord has done to me. God has touched me. He's changed me. I made a mistake. I divorced my husband because I listened to two different people and, and uh, with authority. And guess what? They didn't know what God's plan and purpose was for my life or Bob's life. So we want you to listen up and listen to the Lord and say, Lord, show me, tell me, what do you want me to do? And remember Noah. Remember Noah. Go read in Genesis 6 um, about Noah because you need to get so firm and believe that, you know what, when God tells you to do something, he does not change his mind. So we want to just be excited about that. I want you to remember that you, he had nobody except his family that were helping him do this. And then he cannot imagine how he was going to get the animals that God said he needed to take into the ark. Well, guess who took care of that? Who took care of it? God took care of it. I like your energy. God took care of it. He, he made the animals. He created the animals. He feeds the animals. He says, I will tell them to get in the ark. And they did, two by two. So I want to tell you, get rid of all those impossibilities and all those circumstances because God can do the impossible. Let, we're going to sing two songs to prove it and convince you into just can you worship the King of Kings with this is amazing grace and unstoppable God. And if you haven't heard them, get excited because we're going to worship. Let's stand up and let's worship and sing praises to the Lord. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder? Who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love That you would take my place That you would bear my
Shout your praise forevermore Jesus 
Well, that'll get you excited because that didn't say impossible things may be done or he might be able to do it. We serve a God that is able to do it. Now, I don't really think I believe you guys. <laughs> right? I mean, because I have never had anybody that I know die and then rise again in a few days. I have never had anybody that I know heal a person. And that's the God we serve. So when the devil tells you it's worthless, it's useless, your wife is ridiculous, she's not even worth praying for, your husband is never coming home, he's happier, you say, I serve a God that does impossible things. And then you don't even have to worry about it because you can move on with life. Well, I'm Lori. For those of you I haven't met, I see a few new faces, so we're glad you're here. I'm Bob and Charlene's daughter. So welcome to Rejoice Pompano. Welcome to our um, Facebook group that is watching. And um, we're glad to have all you guys. Um, I have a lot of announcements and some exciting new announcements. And you know how um, American Express used to say membership has its privileges? Well, coming to Bible study has its privileges because I'm going to let you in on a big ministry secret in just a few minutes. But you're going to have to wait, so don't leave. <laughs> don't leave in the next three minutes. Um, okay, first things first. This is May, which I cannot even believe it. But June is coming up. And then in July, we will not be in this room we will be celebrating summer with a picnic. We're gonna have a family picnic. <laughs> so July 8th, we're gonna have a picnic. You guys need to RSVP, it's free of charge, it is our gift to you, but we need to know how much food to get. So tomorrow, when you get your email that says thanks for coming to Rejoice Pompano, there's a link in there and you can RSVP through that link. So sometime in the next month or so, just RSVP, check your calendar, Saturday, July 8th, it will be fun. Um, so check that for the picnic. Also coming up on Thursday is the National Day of Prayer. Did you guys know that? It's the first Thursday in May always. And there's a lot of community things going around, going on. So if you are off work Thursday, you might want to check with your church. I know Broward Sheriff's Office is doing something. Many of the cities are doing something. So you might want to go to an event locally. Well, since we're talking about May, let's see who has a birthday or anniversary in the month of May. So birthdays or anniversaries in May. You guys, summer months are usually really busy. Okay, we'll start up front. What, just tell me your name and if it's your birthday or anniversary. And it's nine, how many years? Eight years married, right? Did you tell me? Yes. This is Grace. This is her first time here tonight also. <laughs> so get to know Grace. And it's her anniversary. So happy anniversary. Okay, who else had their hand up over here? Yes. Saturday birthday. Happy birthday. Yes. May 31st. Happy birthday, Carol. Okay, anybody else on this? Oh, yes. I thought I saw a hand. <laughs> birthday or anniversary? Birthday. Okay, happy birthday. In the back? Tim and Donna, 20 years. Donna's our secretary at the office, so she's fantastic, and she brought her husband Tim with her tonight. So meet Tim. Okay, did I get everybody on this side? Yes, waving. Uh, 
He doesn't get anything free. He's not here. You must be present to win. <laughs> okay, this side of the room, birthdays and anniversaries, yes. Okay, happy anniversary. Yes, in the corner. Happy birthday, Jessica. We have two. Dave. Happy anniversary. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Happy birthday. Okay, we got all the birthdays and anniversaries. Okay, well, our gift to you is a free item from the bookstore. So if it's your birthday or anniversary, stop by the bookstore um, at the end of the night, and you can pick out a free book or a free CD, and that is our gift to you. Now, if I had drums, I could do a drum roll, but I don't have drums. So one of the, thank you. <laughs> um, one of the biggest things that we hear from people most often is that they struggle with isolation and they struggle not having support. You all are so fortunate, I don't know if you realize it, to have this here, to be able to come together with other people that are praying and going through the same thing and to have people close by and you are so fortunate, but for so many around the world that we minister to, they don't have it. Some of them don't even tell their pastors in their church what they're going through because they're ashamed or they're trying to protect their husband or their wife, or they don't tell their friends because they're embarrassed. And so that is one of the biggest things that we hear about is people suffering with isolation. And so they've asked us, can you connect me with so-and-so that wrote the devotional on Monday? Or I saw a testimony from somebody in the Netherlands, and I'm in the Netherlands, so can you put us together? And we would literally not be able to do ministry. We would just be connecting pen pals if we did that. And so we haven't really been able to find a way to meet that need until recently. <laughs> recently... We are taking um, a huge leap of faith, and we are going to be launching in the next few months the Rejoice Marriage Ministries app. And part of that app, that was my reaction. <laughs> part, the app is going to do many things, but one of the things it will do is it will give us a place to have community. And so you guys will be able to share prayer requests with each other. You will be able to read prayer requests from other people, and you will be able to go and press a button to say, I'm praying for you, or to comment and say, read this scripture, it's going to help you. And that will help you build that community, and it will also build your faith because you're going to be able to go and do that. So we are redesigning our website and launching this app, and it will be done in the next few months. The announcement, the official announcement, is going to go out this week. And so we just ask that you would pray for us, pray for the funding that it's going to take to do it. It is the biggest thing probably that we've ever no definitely it's not probably <laughs> it is the biggest thing we've ever done as a ministry and um it's just something that needs to be done and so we know that god will bless it and he will use that to help build community because we do not want you guys to get isolated and to feel it's so easy to slip back into that i'm not going to go to my sunday school anymore because i don't know where i belong or i'm not going to go to church because i don't want to sit without my spouse and so we need to be in that community together so just be praying for that as, um, as that comes up, and we appreciate that. And now we have got a special treat. My mom is going to come up, and she is going to introduce what is coming next. Okay, guys. 
I am so excited about what we're going to be doing in the next few months. I am. I just said, Bob is just going to be so proud of us because this is just expanding, expanding. And uh, to God be the glory for Tim and Lori and the team that we have. And uh, this is just going to open the door. And it's, uh, I, don't, I just took my phone out. I said, Tim, I don't want it to ring. But everybody that has ever said to me, they'll always say, and they'll show me my phone, and say, it's not perfect on the phone. Does anybody understand what they're saying? I'm saying, because you all, the, we make it for the computer. The computer is going down and cell phones are going up and this is going to be cell phone friendly and it's just going to make everybody happy that's got a cell phone. So I just want you to know that we're thrilled. Please pray about it. Please pray. No hindrances, no hitches. We've got a lot of work to do and we have to do before and they have to do everything and they're going to tell us to cut. They use that word already. Uh, you're going to have to cut some things. And I go, ooh, you know, me cut anything, <laughs> you know. So anyway, we want your prayers, and I'm so ex excited about it. And I love communication, and you know how much I love everybody to pray about everything. And now we can get all the people that are sick and uh, having major issues and court issues. Anybody can see it, and we're just thrilled about it. Um, we are just so blessed. Do you know how many on Thursday and Saturday testimonies we hear and see God moving the mountains, melting the mountains like wax, opening the doors for communication, having a father take a son out to dinner or do something? Do you know every one of those are God's answers to prayers? And we have just got to keep reading those and praying the, praising the Lord that they're coming in, that God is doing it. Well, restored marriages are very special. But as many marriages as we have restored, and for all the years that we've had restored marriages, we do not have them all be bold enough to share together. And uh, we know that we did with Dee Dee just recently and a baby that was shown also. But we have now Scott and Angie. And we just met them recently. I just met them recently. And he was able to uh, share their testimony to the men's group that we have. And so anyway, we're inviting them to come up. But you're going to see a little something about them right now. But pray for them as they share their testimony to you tonight. My parents were divorced when I was young, and there was a, a separation uh, in the relationship with my father that um, led to a brokenness, I think. That seed grew and grew as I just didn't feel like I could ever be that Christian person. I was praying for him all the time to be this godly man, but I think I was praying for him to be the man I wanted him to be. I started to feel um, rejected. We would both kind of put the wall up and disconnect from each other. Not feeling loved and feeling devalued um, caused me to search for something that did make me feel valued. I met this woman and... I had found a, a text and I confronted the only thing I knew to do was just to, to deny everything. 
I was really in disbelief. It was over and I wanted out. My heart had literally been broken. We had gotten to a point where Scott said, I'm done, I want a divorce. And I said, that's not happening. <laughs> I had the faith in the Lord that he would keep it in his hand and that he would put it back together. So we went to Calvary Chapel for counseling. He said, Scott, you're a broken person. You're about to make a decision that will affect the rest of your life and devastate your children. I knew that I had to forgive Scott, but I was, I was really struggling with it because in my heart, I thought that forgiving him meant that what he did was okay. And then suddenly the Lord revealed so beautifully to me. He said, it's not saying that it was okay. It's letting go and giving it to me and giving up my perceived right to getting back at him. And once I knew that I forgave him, then I started to heal. We were in our bedroom. I felt the presence of the Lord, which I, I did not ask for. And he said, confess. And I had never prayed with her. And this was the eve of Valentine's Day. And I just thought, well, I'm going to forever remember Valentine's Day by telling my wife that I had an affair. But God turned that around and we remember it really as the first day that we ever prayed together. I saw a man like change before my very eyes. It was a true change of heart. In the end, he found a way to reach me and develop a love relationship with me personally. He's restoring our family and our children from from a father that was not a godly man. And now that's my main priority. God can take what Satan means for evil and for death and destruction and for the end of something and turn it into something beautiful. It is by God's grace and his example that we can say, don't give up. doesn't necessarily get easier to watch every time, <laughs> but God's done something so amazing in our lives, and because of that, we have to give him glory, and we have to share our story, because then why did we go through it? All of us, when we have that, we go through something, and we have to give the glory to God, because we're standing here today because of an absolute miracle, so we just kind of wanted to share a little bit about what God did and how God brought us here. And my husband has uh, lost his voice, so he's going to be a little raspy, but he's pulling yes. through. It's a sign from God that I'm not supposed to say anything. <laughs> or a way out. No, I'm kidding. <clears throat> um, I'm going to say a few things. I don't have, I'm going to save my voice. But uh, one is I wanted to tell you all that um, we believe we're here for a divine appointment for you because you mean that much to the Lord. Everybody here that's suffering, that is standing. Um, that's why we're here. We're not here because of something that we're trying to do. We feel drawn to share with you everything that's in us, that God has done for us to pour out to you, to give you hope, to give you joy, to give you strength and um, I met some of the men here and uh, had a dinner I went out Dave they're so gracious to um, take us out and share and so 
but I'm looking forward to getting to meet more of you, the men only, um, because I want to intimately get to know you and intimately pray with you. Um, the other thing I want to say is I want to adopt Charlene as my second mother. <laughs> is that weird? <laughs> she is such a, I can't even explain it. She's prayed for us and she's such a sweet lady. Um, but I know she's too busy to be a second mom, so I'll lay. Yes. I think we all are, really, your children in a way. Um, and I'm going to let my wife speak, but the one thing that you saw in the video that I want to project out um, in relatability in behalf of the Lord to you as men, and maybe some of the women, is, is two things. One, the brokenness that I had in my life that I carried for 22 years into my relationship with Christ, into my relationship with my wife, and not being able to um, have true intimacy with Jesus, first of all, um, is what really led me to that uh, just years and years of torment, number one. So if you have that and you're here, please come talk to me and reach out. Uh, I'm going to get to know you. I'm going to reach out to you guys anyway. But if you feel as though there's just always been something broken about you and you just don't feel like you can be what God's called you to be, that's the way that I was. So, But I want to say this, number two. The only thing that changed me was the power of the Holy Spirit that day in that room that day and from that day forward. Um it continues and continues and continues but so I want you to know that it's not anything that anybody said it's not anybody didn't come hog tie me and take me as an intervention to read the Bible to me for 24 hours and try to brainwash my mind and I know that you probably feel like you would love to do that at some point but I want to tell you in all seriousness uh, that it is the power of the Holy Spirit because people were praying for me I know that people were praying for me and it was only that that I could contribute um, Jesus who is so good to seek us out to pursue us in spite of ourselves in spite of our wretched lives that he is faithful and so loving and that's why we're here for you today, too, is um, on his behalf for him to use us in any way for you, for you. So I want you guys to know that I know that my wife, um, you're going to hear her speak, and I'm going to be quiet, but um, intimacy, please feel free to share, ask for prayer. That's what we're here for. So that's it. The fact that he's standing here and giving a testimony like that is only a testimony to our Lord and Savior because um, this July we'll be married 28 years. And when we were first married, our lives, we were both Christians. I met him at our church, and he was um, serving the Lord. And within three years, I think he, we, I started to notice a separation. 
And as a wife, what I did, I, through, through what God has done in our marriage, I, I don't take responsibility for what Scott did and the affair that he had. But what I saw was I had to take a look at myself and see what could I have done differently as a wife. And I was a very obedient, and I don't even like to use this word, but very legalistic in my thinking. And if he didn't obey the rules I thought God had, and I, I kind of measured him up that way. And when he failed, he failed big time in my heart and in my eyes. So I didn't give him the liberty to fail. And <clears throat> I was holding him up so high that every time he fell, he got to a point where at that point he wouldn't even tell me because why would he tell me? So I say that to say it was a counselor that told me, allow the Lord to search you and say, what, what can I have done differently? So my message outside of how God allowed me to forgive him was, as a wife, whether you're in your marriage right now and it's, it's a struggle because your spouse isn't serving, or as a husband or a wife, if your spouse isn't serving the Lord, you have to continue to pray for him pray for her, but not to condemn them because it's in the condemnation. There is no condemnation in Christ. And I condemned him all the time. So it led to the wound that he had had that the Lord allowed him to discover was the wound of, of rejection and abandonment, devaluing from childhood. So every time I would do something that would push him away, it was, a, it was such a sore spot. It was such a terrible rejection, magnified than it would be for the normal person. It's kind of like if you have a cut and you don't get your cut healed or medicated or treated, you put a Band-Aid on it, it just gets more infected and more infected. So when you come close to that wound... Meaning the Lord doesn't deal with it. The Lord doesn't the deal with it. Yes. But in a tangible sense, when there's a where there's an infection around it, if someone comes close to it, it hurts. So you don't want anybody to come near it. So we do that with our wounds. Sometimes we don't even know what those wounds are. But our spouses have wounds, we have wounds, we bring them together in a marriage, and then we're two broken people that how can we expect the marriage to succeed? So we have to trust the Lord. But the, what God did for me when it came to, um, we had 22 years of, of a terrible marriage. It's a, it's a shame, really, because we had ups and we had downs, and we had ups, and they were really wonderful times, and then we had downs. And there were times where I felt like leaving, but I was like, there's no way. And he would say, I want a divorce. And I would say, no. And I would say, let's go to a counselor. And then we tried counseling. And it was kind of behavior management, behavior modification, not true inside out change. So I kept praying and I was faithful and I stood in the gap. And, and when, this, when this happened in our marriage, I remember thinking before that, if he ever had an affair, I could really be out because it's like the biblical out, I, and I would still be obeying the Lord, but I wouldn't be sinning or however I wanted to justify it in my head. But then there was always, God hates divorce. So you have a way out, but God hates divorce. And I was so obedient, and I thought, well, how do I handle that, you know? So when he told me, when I found out and he confessed, I remember thinking, I always said that if he ever had an affair, I would be gone. And somehow the Lord did not allow that to take place in my heart. And I thought, okay, I, I felt a love for him and, and a betrayal, but then a love. Like the love wasn't my love, it was God's love. It was a supernatural love because it wasn't coming from me. And I remember saying, okay, I know that God can get me from here to there. 
because I know that I serve an almighty God. I know that I've seen miracles with my own lives. I have my, my own eyes. I have seen people healed of cancer with my own eyes. I have seen people who had a limp and they had a back problem and I watched God heal them. I, I saw with my own eyes. I'm not watching a show. I'm not, I knew what God could do. So I thought, God, I'm trusting you, but to go from here to here, I am scared to death. What that's going to do to me emotionally, the go, the pain, the embarrassment, the what did I do, was it my fault, and how dumb am I to not have seen any of it? All those things went through my head. But what I saw God do in him and Scott was something that I had never seen before in all the 22 years of up and down, up and down. We're going to change this. I'm going to try to change this. He's going to try to change this. What I saw God do that night, there was a specific night that he was saying something, and I'm saying, Lord, let him confess, let him confess. And he's saying, I'm not going to confess. I'm not going to confess. We're going back and forth. And the Holy Spirit just literally knocked him back on the bed as we were talking, and I just felt the Holy Spirit come over me. He gave me a peace amidst my confusion and my sadness, but he gave me a peace. So I allowed the Lord to carry me, and I'd never seen a Footprints poem come to life so much than, than knowing that I had a lifeless body and a lifeless life that he was carrying. And every step that he took, I really could only, he was the one that was doing it. And I was pregnant, actually, when I found out that he had the affair. So I was an emotional basket case. Um, Satan tried to get into my thoughts. Satan tried to get into my mind. There's a battle for your mind if you don't know that. And in Jesus' name, we, we give it to the Lord and we ask him to take our thoughts captive. Amen, right? So one of the things that the Lord allowed me to do is, well, let me go back, forgiveness. I said it in the clip. I was so confused about forgiveness because I knew God wanted me to forgive out of obedience. I had to forgive. So it would have been easy for me to say, okay, I forgive him, Lord. But I needed to mean it from my heart, and I needed to understand what that meant. So what happened to me was I thought I was the spiritual person. While my husband for 22 years was not coming to church and stepped away from every part of ministry, I was always in church. I was serving every week at the church that I went. I was singing, leading worship. I brought my kids there on my own. I was the strong spiritual person. But when God interrupted our lives, he healed and forgave Scott. Scott was healed, forgiven, and, and he, by the grace of God, is, was restored. Now here I am going like this. And I'm thinking, how am I going to do this? Now I'm not even forgiving him, so now I'm sinning. So I'm having this battle with the Lord saying, okay, I'm sinning. I can't forgive him yet, so I hope I, hope I don't die in the period of now until I forgive him. I really thought that because I thought that if I, you know, died with unforgiveness in my heart, <laughs> you know, the Lord wouldn't want me <laughs> with him in heaven. But um, I prayed, and I remember acknowledging to him, saying, I haven't forgiven you yet. And I'm praying about it. And I went to Publix one day. I was at the end of an aisle, and there was a, an end cap, and there was a big, bright red book at Publix that said, The Power to Forgive. <laughs> I was like, okay, Publix, I'll take it. You know, Lord, you met me at Publix. So I read it, and there were stories of forgiveness of people that had been sexually abused, molested, um, um, physically abused, abandoned, orphaned, all, you can name it. And they all forgave, and I thought, honestly, I thought, well, what is this? 
it's nothing compared to what they went through. So I thought, Lord, if they can forgive, please help me to forgive. I really asked him to search my heart. And that's when he said, forgiveness is not about saying it's okay. Because sometimes we say, it's okay, I forgive. But that's not what it was about, because it wasn't okay. But what he did tell me was that I thought I had a right to be mad and to get back at him and to hold it against him and to remind him the rest of the years of our lives of this terrible thing that he did. But that's what forgiveness is to give up that perceived right. I don't have a right to do that. To give up that perceived right to ever do that to him again. Because Jesus reminded me, I died on a cross for you. I forgave you. I am not better than Jesus. When I realized that I wasn't, I mean, I had to realize that I wasn't better than Jesus for me to say, I have to forgive him, and I love him, and I want to forgive him, and I'll never hold that back. And I remember reading books about how to forgive and, and how God is restoring marriages, and there was an author that said, and even 10 years later, I still, I still, and I thought, Lord, 10 years, I don't want to be 10 years down the road struggling with forgiveness for my husband because I see what you're doing in his life. But even if God didn't do what he did in his life, and if Scott never asked me for forgiveness, I'd have to forgive him because that's what the Lord tells me to do and I understand the meaning of it. So now, there are times where I sometimes, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I forget that it happened. I do. I've, I, the love that we have now, and I think at one point he was trying to be funny and he said, I don't know if this is too soon, but didn't you always pray for me to be a godly husband? <laughs> and so what happened was God took him and he made them this husband and it's not in him. He hate, and I know it bothers him when I say it because it's not about him. It's about what God did in his life. But the husband that is standing next to me today is not the husband that I married. And thank God. Thank God that's not the husband. We talk about restoring something. When, when God restores something, like if we restore a car, we restore it back to its original version. Make it all shiny, make it neat. But when God restores, he doesn't go back to what we were. He gives us, he restores us to beyond what we ever thought, beyond what we ever dreamed could ever happen. He restored our marriage to a place beyond what I ever could imagine to the point that we are standing here today sharing a story with you about hope, about the fact that God is a God of miracles. He is a God who wants to see your marriage restored. He is a God that hates divorce. And he is not, you are standing in the gap, but he's right there with you. And his Holy Spirit is right there with you, interceding for you. And God knows and hears everything that you're going through. And I pray that if you in your heart feel like there might be something that you haven't forgiven, that you truly haven't forgiven, especially when you're being offended over and over and over on a daily basis. They may be living with you, offending you every day. You have, to ask, you have to forgive even if they don't ask you to forgive them because that is between you and the Lord. That burden will be lifted and you will be free and you will have the joy that comes every morning with our Christ. Can I get an amen? Yeah, when she um, said... I remember praying for a normal. I just wanted, I didn't know many of you were, boy, if you could just give me normal, I, I'd be happy with that. But uh, I want you to consider that perhaps the more tragic or dark the pain in your story is, when it's all said and done in the end, and you're restored. 
Is that to be put in a box? Or is that to be shared and to be shared as a light, a miracle? And I struggled with this with my sons because I have two older sons, 24 and 21 now. A 24-year-old, a 21-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a (laughs) 5-year-old. So at that time, my older boys, because when we decided that we were going to let this story out, and however God's going to use it, he's going to use it to be the couple. And our thing is crisis. Our heart is crisis. You were told that your spouse was having an affair 24 to 72 hours after that, when the next day you still have to go to work. You still got to get those kids to school, and you don't know what to do. We've made ourselves available to our pastoral staff to call us in that time, and we will come and stand and just pray and say, Lord, come. I don't know what the, I don't know what the answer is, but we're just going to have the presence of the Lord come, and he fixes everything. He gives the peace. He allows you to hold on, you know. And so we said, what are we going to do with this? We're going to keep it in a box. So, well, I don't want my, my older boys to find out what I did by some video. So I got to tell them to their face as a man what I did. And there's a lot of darkness to our story that we'll share hopefully later on when we get an opportunity to talk more about it. But that's one of the areas as a man to have to tell your sons and you don't know how they're going to react. You don't know the pain that that's going to cause them. Now here we go, a year and a half of restoration and now another wave that I have to lay down my life and say, Lord, in your name, I'm going to tell my boys because here's why. I don't want my sons to ever think that their father is this guy that's like the best that they got to know what a failure I am so that they can understand that it is God that they need to give glory to when they think of their family. It's very important that our kids see that it is God, not their parents. It is God that sustains. It is God that rebuilds. It is God that reconciles and brings peace to the home. And I wanted my sons to know that I am not that man, that I am not worth anything as a man in the flesh. But it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ and his death for me that gives me my value in any way. And so I wanted to share that with you. So pray for normalcy. I know that's what you want, but consider what will I tell? And the end of the at the end of the story, what was that for? You know. So pray about that. How will God use your marriage? How will God use you as a couple? Like we get to do this together. It's our hearts. Marriages are our heart, and we know that if He did it in our circumstance, because I was bad, bad, broken, broken. My whole life, drugs, alcohol, bad. And I'll get more into that in the future. But if he can restore us, he can restore anybody. He really can. Yeah. I think that's it. (laughs) 
Um, we're just thankful to, to be here. I remember when we, um, when God kind of gave us that moment of not wanting to be uh, normal in, in our kitchen or in our house, to be in these four walls. Um, I had been thinking and praying, and the Lord laid on my heart, and, and he did the same thing for Scott, but we didn't know it. And I said, Scott, I think I want, I think, I think I want to be that couple. Because when we were going through it, we asked, is there a couple we could be in front of other than a book or a video? Like somebody that could tell me I'm not crazy and that can cr I can cry on their shoulder and he can be like, uh, whatever. And there wasn't a couple. So after a year and a half, I, I said, Lord, I, I said, Scott, I think, I think I want, we want to be that couple. He's like, Angie, I think I want to be that couple too. So we knew that God wanted to take, and, and it, it's, it's painful to watch it over and over, but it's nothing compared to the glory that he gets when someone sitting and, and hearing it goes, that's where I am, that's where, I, that's where God's taking me and I need prayer and God's gonna restore my marriage and then that happens and then now you're sharing your story and it's just, it's, it's all for the glory of God. So we thank you for allowing us to be here and, um, and we're just gonna continue. Since we've met you, we have been praying for you. We have been praying for your marriages. We've been praying for the husbands who are standing for their wives, for the wives that are standing for their husbands. And we are asking and praying, um, don't give up. Don't give up and there is hope. God is our hope and um, all things through him are possible. In Jesus' name. Well, was that a blessing? Yes. Amen. <laughs> only fitting that we stand and sing the song nothing is impossible so whatever you think you're going through that is too hard for god nothing is impossible
the Lord. Have we been blessed? Have we been blessed? Amen. What does everybody want to hear? They want to hear a restored marriage. Well, we got one tonight. And I just, to give God the glory and honor, and we're just praising the Lord for Angie and Scott that were willing to come and share and to God be the glory because that's like they said, God gets all the glory. God gets all the honor. And we just praise the Lord for all of you that are here. Thank you for coming. We love having you. We love having all the chairs filled up. And we just give you the praise that every time you come, you're going to be blessed by the Lord because we pray for the Holy Spirit to teach and be the teacher and the one to touch you, that your hearts that may be discouraged, defeated, or hopeless, are you are going to say tonight, that song right there with all those scriptures. If you didn't write them down, then look up the word faith and understand that we must believe. We must have faith. And we must read them every day till it goes from our head to our hearts. And the Holy Spirit says, I got it. I am the one that is going to restore and resurrect and heal and rebuild your marriage, your husband, your wife, your children. I, the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ is right on the right hand of God the Father. And he is saying, my son arose. He arose. He defeated death on Easter. And we talked about that last month, that he had to prove that nothing was impossible. Nothing and Jesus Christ arose, and he defeated death. He defeated Satan. And Satan is under our feet. That is what the word says. So we must not let the devil get on us and put the feet on us and say, you're defeated. Your marriage is not going to be restored. That's the devil speaking to you. It's not the Holy Spirit speaking to you. you got to rise up and say, I know who I am in Christ. And you got to say, devil, do you know this scripture? Get away from me in the name of Jesus, and by thy stripes I am healed. My marriage is going to be healed, as nothing is impossible, because Luke 1, 37 says, for nothing is impossible with God. And then quote another scripture to him, and he will flee from you. He will flee from you, and if you would do it every single time, he's going to leave you alone and go to another family. Try it. Oh, ye of little faith. The Lord said, am I going to find faith? Do you remember this? When I come back. Do you remember that? The point is, we have to give the devil the black eyes and not us get the black eyes. And I'm tired, I am tired 
of hearing and reading and saying, I can't do it. Good, you're not supposed to be doing it. We don't want any of you doing it. You're to believe what God can do and what he is going to do and what he has been saying to you. And if he's not speaking to you, you need to get really down on your knees and get the Bible open and say, Lord, speak to me. Because that is where we're at. Now, we haven't started yet, so let me pray. <laughs> oh, Lord, Lord, we love you so much. And I love the Word of God, and I love that song, and I love what we heard with this testimony, because each testimony gives the true glory and honor to what the Lord has done in their marriage that was bad. It was not good for some 20 years. Lord, I know what they were talking about. Because 19 years, we had the ups and the downs. And Bob has written about the ups and the downs. And I've written about the ups and the downs. And I gave up. I don't want anybody, anybody, to ever give up and have to say, I fell into the trap of believing a lie from the enemy. They couldn't speak through a pastor. They can speak through a counselor. They can speak through our parents. They can speak through anybody, including our spouses. And we can give up. And then the Lord says, but you didn't listen to me. Oh, Lord, open our eyes, our ears, our heart, and speak so loudly to us tonight that we understand that we're on a spiritual journey and we really don't have choices. If we want to pick up the cross and follow you, you have one road. Uh, you are the way, the truth, and the life and we have to pick up the cross and be like the disciples and leave the fishing boats and we go follow you on this narrow road. The wide road is not good. So Lord, we are asking you, to go and touch our wives, our husbands, and our children. And Lord, we're going to let go, let God, and you speak to them as we go and get with you. And we ask you to change us in every way by giving us the faith, the hope, and the trust. And that we will believe. We will believe and we will not tell the doubt and unbelief and depression and oppression that we're going to choose the garment of praise and the oil of joy and we are going to have our, we're going to be a victorious Christian while we go through the fire because you said we will not even smell like smoke and we will just give you the praise and the glory of what you're going to do. Now, Lord, I ask you to speak through me anoint me, touch me, and may we uh, get through some scriptures and through the teaching tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. Um, I was just going to flip over to Isaiah 55, which is not on my notes, but I want to just read there real quick that when I was listening, it says, verse 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. 
Put your spouse's name in that right now, because if they're living in sin, they are in darkness. And the evil man, his thoughts, let him turn. And I'm hearing pages turn, so I'm going to wait a couple of minutes. I hear the, the phone. It's simple. We just go click, click, click. I, I got to tell you, the last, I'm not supposed to carry heavy things for the last four weeks. And it was so funny. I took my phone, which I didn't bring up here. I took my phone and used it at church. And I felt like I was sinning against God, that I did not have my Bible. And I'm thinking, they're all wondering if she is a new person that doesn't know there's a Bible around. And I got to liking it. You know, I mean, I really did. And I didn't want to confess that to anybody, so I tell everybody now. But anyway, it was so cool. And um, it's not heavy. And it goes faster than you flipping and through the pages. And I thought, I have to tell everybody when I hear the flipping of the pages, I have said for 26 years, there is nothing greater than hearing the men and women of God flipping through the pages. And I even said yesterday to my son at lunch, I said, I don't like this phone because I don't know how to highlight it, and I can't write a note, and I can't write a date on it, so I lost. I mean, if I can't do all that to my Bible, I, I'm, I'm lost. So anyway, he says, I'll have to show you how. And he says, I'll teach you. We walked away, and that was the end of that discussion. <laughs> I'll see him in next church Sunday. May get, okay, will you show me how, you know? I got, I'm just teasing, but I just had to throw in some humor into this. But the, let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord. Dear Stander, I don't know, if you just don't, just catch on and get on with this bus that we're going on, on this spiritual journey, I would say this is a good scripture to pray your spouse's name in. And I'm going to challenge you with, I want you to get Holy Spirit conviction. Lord, you can convict them right now. Because I would love you to take one scripture a day and just get a notebook. Or if you are love, love to type, you know, I, I have Word documents. Or, and print out the Word document or whatever you want to do. But there are scriptures that it would not take you long. Make post-it notes. Put it all over your uh, house. We have people that have everything everywhere. And, you know, I was one of those people. I've got everything everywhere any, anyway with pictures of different scenes of scriptures. But I want you to say, let Bob turn to the Lord and have mercy on my husband, Lord, and to my children, for he was freely pardoned. And that was my prayer for so many years. Well, I mean, that says it perfectly. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. So will you quit saying, how soon? How, when? But would you talk to me? Talk to me. The Lord is saying, talk to me. Have a quiet time and quit asking all the questions. But trust me. Trust. Now, I know that's not easy. I can tell you it's not easy. I, I have had issues with that. If, you, if you're going to be up here, you're going to have a lot of issues. And a lot of trials and tribulations that I do not normally talk about. But I'm telling you, 
you've got to say to the Lord, forgive me. I, I say forgive me a lot. I must say that. And so, verse 9, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So you know what? Our thoughts and our ways mean nothing. They are just nothing compared to God's way and to God's end product. And that's what you've got to say. I am willing. I'm willing to pick up that cross. If we don't get it now right after Easter, we're not going to get it. And I'm not going to get off a detour road, but I am telling you, pick up and, and go on the web and say, what was Jesus scourging like? And you will find out the price that he paid, which was more than 40 stripes. That he, and it says in 2 Peter 2.24, that by thy stripes, I am healed. You're healed. Our husbands, our wives are going to be healed in the name of Jesus because Jesus Christ paid the price at the cross for our marriages to be healed and restored and for us to be healed and our children to be healed. Do you believe that? We need to know who we are in Christ. And it says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. And this is the scripture I come into. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Dear standard, you've got to dissect these words and know that God's word is so powerful. And, if you're, and, and, and ask the Lord, may you give me promises from the word of God, and he will speak to you. He will give you many, many, many promises. I had a whole book of them. I still am getting them. And he gives them, you know what? I'll open up my Bible and I'm going through something, and or a circumstance is happening, or I don't know what to say to one lady or something, and, I'll, and I've even written it to people recently. I say, open up my Bible, and this scripture came, and I go, oh, wow, that is just what I needed to write to this person. And so you need to understand, seek the Lord. That's what it said there. Seek the Lord. So anyway, Luke 1 uh, 45 was this, one of the scriptures that God gave me. And it says, blessed is she or he who has believed, there's that word again, what the Lord has said to her or him one time will be accomplished. Ouch. But you know what? God spoke to me that one day and he gave me those three scriptures. And oh man, that he, he kept saying, I gave you the answer. I'm giving you the answer. I know I'm, you're going to know what's going to happen. Now, will you trust me? And will you let me do it? And will you now change? I need you to change. And I'm not going to go down that road tonight. Are you abounding in love? What does abounding mean? I'm glad you asked because I just happen to have the meaning of it right here. 
Abounding is a surplus. It's abundant. It's large. It's huge. It's big. So we want to abound in love, in abundance, okay? So I want you to have love that is just abounding in greatness for the Lord. And then I'm going to teach you about other things. Now, do you believe that God can do the impossible? Well, I have covered that. Have we covered that pretty good tonight? I think I have. Do you believe God's amazing grace for your life, that God's grace and his mercy is going to be sufficient? Now, that's 2 Corinthians 12. If you haven't got the grace yet, then turn to 2 Corinthians 12 because Paul will remind you what he's gone through. And he was given a thorn, and he asked the Lord to remove it three times. I hate to say that I'm not that good of a person. I asked the Lord to remove it many more times than three times. But, I mean, I know you're good, but I'm not. But I just thought I would just throw that in. We need to understand that these disciples did not have it easy. Is that true? Okay. So we need to know. Let's turn and open up to Psalm 86, please. I want to take you through so many scriptures, but we're going to start here. I love the word. It's the teacher. And I am just the instrument. And I open my mouth and I pray the Lord will put some words in it to have it come out. Psalm 86 is one of the scriptures that was given to me in September in 2012 and 2013. And, you know, I thought, I have, I have my little notes beside it and the date and what the circumstances were. That's what I would love for you guys to have, to have the Lord speak to you when you read the word every day. Everybody got it? Psalm 86, we're going to read the whole scripture, but I'm going to interrupt myself and we're going to go to different scriptures, Okay. Hear, O Lord, and answer me. Hear us, O Lord. Answer us. That's what we're praying for tonight. Here we are, and here we are saying right now, Hear, O Lord, and answer us. For we are poor and needy. Guard our lives, for we are devoted to you. You are my God. Save your servant who trust in you. Now, my first question is, is that do you trust the Lord? Are you walking in trust? Now, I can take you, and we'll flip real quick, and I'm not going to wait for everybody to find it, but let's go to a meaning of trust real quick because we have new people, we have people that haven't been here, and we have... Facebook Live, and we want to teach. Proverbs 3, let's just go to verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That means forget about what we think, but we are to trust the Lord regardless of the circumstances. Circumstances do not count in God's book. 
He says, you keep your eyes up on me and trust me, walk in faith, pick up that cross, follow me. I've got an assignment for you. I will direct your steps, but I am asking you to trust me. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Well, I would say, where, where is that on that little, we talked about how's your faith? Well, how is our trust? That's even maybe harder than faith, is it not sometimes? And it says, in all your ways acknowledge him. He will make your paths straight. What a promise. If you are got a road that's curving and you keep going through circumstances, he acknowledge him. And then at verse 7 says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Do not think you've got the solution of how you're going to get your spouse home. Do not plan how you're going to do it or manipulate or trick them. You know, the Lord wants to get all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, and it's not about us. But he says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, and I do fear the Lord. If you all don't fear the Lord, I fear the Lord. Because when you read about this, the people that didn't fear God, what happened to them? There were a lot of consequences. We need to fear God. He is the God of the heavens and the earth who created everything. And dear people, I know we all go through circumstances. And I do not want to go back into your uh, shoes. But I want to tell you, open your eyes and look at what you have tonight before you go to bed. Open your eyes when you wake up in the morning and see the sun is up and the moon is out. And he has stars that he's named them one by one. Open your eyes to the God who is so much greater than the devil himself. Let us get perspective of who is hitting us over the head with such defeat, discouragement, despair, hopelessness, and I can go on and tell the devil to get away because I serve a God who created all of everything. And we've got to start praising and thanking the Lord instead of letting the devil hit us over the head. And then look at the promises it says. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Hallelujah. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be overflowing, will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. I can go on and teach about that. I love the word because the word gives so much hope to us. We have to believe the word and speak the word. And if you don't see it happening, say, Lord, I declare today that this is going to be happening because you said in Psalm 86 that when David was speaking as a prayer of David, this is David crying out. Well, think of what happened. Get serious of believing this is the word of God, and it is true from the Genesis to Revelation, and he's coming back. He's coming back. Are we going to be ready? And we want to be ready. We want our spouses there. And we've got to not forget 
that from the looks of the way the world is living, I'm thinking he's coming back sooner than I thought he was coming back, you know? But, I mean, we've said that before. I know everybody's going to say that to me, so don't say it. But I'm just saying, um, I'm, I'm just saying, keep praying for your spouse to come to their senses really fast because we want them with us. That's what we're thinking about. We're thinking of their salvation. And for our family, is your whole family safe? Is your husband, wife, children, and the extended family? Well, what about the place where you work? So let's go on. And let's go back to 86. Guard my life. Guard us. Protect us, Lord, for I'm devoted to you. Are you devoted to him? You are my God, Savior, servant, who trusts in you. Have mercy on me. Oh, yes, Lord. Have mercy on all of us, oh, Lord. Every stander around the world. For I call to you all day long. Do you talk to the Lord throughout the day? I do. I talk to him all the time. Bob's not there, so, you know, I mean, let's tell me to talk to somebody, you know. But I talk to him all the time, and I may say, you know, where did I put something? But I just talk to him. I have music on. Praise music is on, and I talk to him and say, what are we, what do I teach tonight? I had found a piece of paper that I had written down that question two weeks ago, and I found a whole set of notes to this um, today, and I'm thinking, is that funny? I even forgot you wrote and gave me that. And so it went, and the number one scripture was Psalm 86, so I was thanking the Lord. He was, had to tell me more than once. But anyway, he was consistent. He was consistent. Isn't that awesome? So it says, have mercy on me, O Lord, for I called you all day long. You know, we can talk to him anytime, anytime. Bring joy to your servant. And that, verse 4, highlight and circles joy. Because where is your joy? I want us to have joy in the morning, noon, and night regardless of our circumstances. You know, I'm not going to read it, but open up Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice. And, the, and read the whole four books. It's not going to take you but 20, 30 minutes tops because it's short, four chapters. But it's a book about the joy. Okay. We need to have our faces notified that we're believers and that we have the joy of the Lord in the midst of our trials and circumstances. Bring joy to your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. You are forgiving and good, O Lord. Thank goodness he forgives us each and every day for our trials or tribulations and for our mistakes and for what we know we have done wrong or for the Holy Spirit conviction that he gives us. You are forgiving and good, O Lord, abounding in love to all who call to you. There is my abounding in love to all who call to you. He's wanting to hear your voice. Hear my prayer, O Lord, he says. Listen. We're saying, hear my prayer, O Lord. How many times do we cry out, help me, help me? Well, now you got two more words. Lord, hear me. Lord, there's another two set of words. What are they? Answer me. Answer me. Listen to my cry for mercy 
In the day of my trouble, I will call to you, for you will answer me. Among the gods, there's none like you, O Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, O Lord. They will bring glory to your name, for you are great and do, and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God, for you are great and marvelous and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Now, verse 11, here's another one I love. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Are you going to be a student? Will you be a, a, will you be a student? Will you learn? And will you be disciplined? Will you make a commitment? And, it, it, and the enemy is going to try to have you have five things interrupt you and, and three, two people call, uh, show up at your house and one person call you with a crisis. That was just last night for me. And I had not, that was not on my agenda the night before I am teaching. And I couldn't be rude and say, and they come to the door unannounced. Now, how do you say, oh, I don't have time to have open the door and have company tonight? You know? So what do you do? You just do what you're supposed to do and open the door and, 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 uh, and have an awesome time. And I let go. I said, okay, Lord, you brought him to the door, and I got to open the door and, and be nice. So we had an awesome time. But I was, I was all the time going to the door. You're thinking, this is not on my schedule. Have you ever done that? Okay, well, I, I want to confess, I did it last night. And, but I had, at the end, to say to the Lord, well, I don't know what you're going to do, but you've got a big problem because I've got this to finish, and this was not in my schedule. But guess what? It was in his schedule. He wanted me to relax. He wanted me to have fun and for me to be a witness to two unbelievers. So, who wins? He does. <laughs> Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Are you walking in his truth? Do you believe the word is the truth? And are you believing it? And now, teach me, but also give me an undivided heart. Undivided. What does that mean? It means that we're not to be double-minded. Does that not, right? James chapter 1. Need to read it. New people, you will love James. Now, there's your second assignment because you could read the book of James, which is really awesome. Really, really awesome. Charlene loves James. I got a lot of books in the Bible I really love, but James just happened to talk about zipping the lips. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Do not answer, and please stop yelling at your spouse when we're supposed to be the ones saying we want them home. And, 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 and all of a sudden, we just let that devil push your button, and you just go, boom. And then afterwards, we hang up that phone, and we sob, and we cry. And Lord, how did we do that? Why? I've done it. I've done it. More than once. I know what I can do. I know what the enemy can make you do. But you know what? It's not the enemy. You know what it is? The flesh. 
What is the enemy? We can blame the enemy for everything. But let me say, it says in the Bible to crucify the flesh. Get rid of the flesh. And I, I'm, I really want you to realize that we need to go to Psalm 51, which uh, that's another chapter you can read. And I read this frequently, probably at least once a week, with your names in it and your spouse's names in it, that it, it says, create in me a pure heart. Create in me a pure heart. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Well, blot out mine and blot out my spouse's, okay? So we want to realize that we need an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I praise you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. Are you giving him all your heart or are you only giving him a certain compartment of your life? Are you opening all of it or are you asking him not to touch this area that you're dealing with that you know is sin and you really are trying to deal with it and you're dealing with it but when you want to and not the way he wants to? Are what is, and we women, is, it can be, and Angie said it very much, like, and she reminded me of myself because I was self-righteous. It was, I thought I was holier than thou than compared to my husband. And I was always thinking, you know, I just can't believe what he's doing and saying. And I am self-righteous, holier than thou. And the Lord is talking about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They're walking around with their robes, with their self-righteousness. And here I am. And if you got yourself on a pedestal, that you're doing so great because I'm standing for my marriage when we need to be humbling and crying out for our husbands and wives and family members that are going to hell if they don't turn from their wicked ways. Salvation is key. They don't need to come home. We need to pray for them to repent and turn from their wicked ways before anything else. Because what if they had a car accident? What happens if they have a heart attack? What happens? We need to be burdened about their souls. And that is key. We need to be right with God. But we need all of our family and loved ones right with God. And we need to be burdened about that. Because accidents do happen. We can hear it. We see it every day with the shootings in any city or whatever. Or you can be in Arkansas, Mississippi, and Kansas, and we need to pray for them. And all those states that had the flooding and the horrible tornadoes. We need to watch those news, and we need to say, Lord, help them. Send somebody to them. You know what? Become a person when you watch or hear the news that you become a prayer warrior and you say a short prayer at the time you're watching it. You don't have to write it on a list or anything. You can say a short prayer. If you want to write a prayer, but watch the news and start praying. Some family, somebody got shot and killed or a daughter or a child. Why don't we pray for that family, for what they're going through and going to lose for the rest of their life? People put application 
And think of how many more prayers of short prayers we can be doing each and every day. And the Lord is saying, look at that child down there, Jesus. Look at them. They're catching on that they're praying without ceasing. As in Second, First Thessalonians chapter 5, which says we are to be joyful also. But we need to get where we are going to be able to pray. So it says, I praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever, for great is your love toward me. You've delivered me, and have you been delivered? It says, you have delivered me from the depths of the grave. But if you have been, then put your spouse's name, that your spouse and your children will be delivered from the depths of the grave. The arrogant are attacking me, O God. A band of ruthless men seeks me, my life. Men without regard for you. Oh, we have so many people that are so critical and so negative and family members that think we're crazy and get mad at us and they have now a bitter root of anger and bitterness and we barely want to see them anymore. But we have got to turn the other cheek, go the extra mile and forgive, as Angie said. How many times? 70 times. Okay, because that's 490 times. In one day. It could be in one hour. We didn't define it, you know? We, we might even be worse tr tr trouble than where you think we're in. But it says for we need to be slow to anger, and we need to forgive. So but it says, verse 15, But you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love, overflowing, overflowing in love. And, and in faithfulness, love and faithfulness. So he's slow to anger, he's abounding in love to us, and, and he is walking and loving us because he is so faithful. He is so faithful. He is faithful. So turn to me and have mercy on me. So we're crying out now, and we're saying, Lord, turn to me, look at me, and have mercy on me. Grant me your strength. Because I am so weak. I am so tired. I've got so much to do by myself because my husband or my wife is not home. I am weary. Is that all of your words? Do you have another one? But that covers it, doesn't it? I'm weary. I'm tired. Then it says, turn to me and have mercy on me. Grant me your strength to your servant and save the son of your maidservant. I ask you, take that and say, Lord, here I am. Give me strength. And Isaiah 40 is another verse, chapter you could read, and it talks about he'll give you strength to go on the wings of the eagle. Give me a sign of your goodness, verse 17, that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, O Lord, have helped me, that you have comforted me. And there's no one better than the Lord God who is a comforter. He is a comforter in people that have lost a loved one, but he is also a comforter who says that he will comfort you in any trial or any tribulation. Now, Psalm 25, when I'm going to turn to that, says very quickly, it's a scripture that I've always loved. 
And Psalm 25 says, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. In verse 1 on that. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul, and you I trust, O my God. It's, there's the word trust again. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. Do not let the enemy win. Isn't that good? Okay, that's why you had to have it tonight. It then says, no one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame. So we've got to trust him. We've got to put that hope in, in the Lord, and we know that we're not going to be put to shame. For they, that, for they will be put to shame who are treacherous without excuse. So we've got to promise again that he's telling us, stand on the promises of God. Verse 4, remember I said, teach before? Teach me. Now it says, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are my God and my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. All right. There is one more scripture, Philippians chapter 1. It's a scripture that God has given me, and he's given it to me, and I'm challenging you to take it. And it probably is on the personalized prayers that we have um, under resources that you can put your name in it. But Philippians 1, verses 9 to 11. And this is a scripture that is so awesome, and it will help you also. And this is my prayer. <clears throat> Excuse me. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound. There it is, that word again. Overflowing. Of a huge amount, you know, it's, it's generous. That This is my prayer that our love may abound more and more, and here's the secret, in knowledge and depth of insight, so that we may be able to discern, discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ Filled, now this is what we are to be now, okay, with the righteousness, with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. How do we get this? Through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Now I'm going to read it again because you just got it once. I want you to absorb it now because here is such a promise for us. And this is my prayer that every one of our standers and all their prodigal spouses, Lord, tonight, may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that they may be able to discern, understand what is best and may be pure, that they will take the right path and not a detour path. And that it says, and then they will know what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. We are to live a Christ-like life. We are to live a holy life. We are to live a blameless life until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness. What is that? Now, I could do a teaching on righteousness. I'm sparing you. Maybe I'll do it on, on Charlene Cares soon. But it's telling you it's Christ-likeness. It's Christ-likeness, guys. It's being what the Lord is telling us to do that comes through Jesus Christ. 
you can get victory and you can walk in all of this that we've talked about tonight by crying out to the Lord. Psalm 86 is your prayer that you can read. I read it. I cannot tell you. I have read it maybe 25 times minimum. And I've read it in probably 10 different translations. I have been reading it for two weeks. And I, I want you to get it because if you will do what I did is, and I have all these pieces of paper to tell you that I didn't do, uh, but I'll do it is that you can take and cross-reference every verse and get five more scriptures for one verse. Standers, he said, teach us. We want him to teach us. We want to learn. We want to be disciplined. Then what do we have to do? We have to dedicate time to learn and to say, Lord, I'm not going to read five minutes Jesus Calling, and another real short scripture book, and that's it for the day. I want you to start reading the word because you will be changed. You will be transformed. You will be transformed, and that's what happened with me. Bob saw there was a difference for me, and he kept pressing the buttons and pushing the things and doing stuff worse, worse, and worse to see if I would get madder, 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 and it didn't. Finally, it didn't matter. God said he's coming home. He's planning a wedding. I, I said, Lord, what am I supposed to do? He said, he'll go in a second, third, or fourth. So what? You're still waiting. How, you, what did your wedding vows say? Till death do you part? Well, until you die, you're right there with him. So I want to tell you, and I'm pleading with you. I guess that's what I am doing. Teach me your way, O oh Lord, and I will walk in your truth. If you will allow the Lord to teach you the word, if you will discipline yourself and look up all these scriptures, it may take this whole week. But think of what God will teach you. In fact, email us, and Lori and Tim will send them to me. Because I want to know that you made the commitment that you really want to grow in the Lord, and you want the Lord to speak to you. And because that's what I did. What did I do? I cross-referenced. God would tell me, cross-reference this, and then he would say, okay, that, and then I'd find this awesome scripture. What did I do again? I cross-referenced the next scripture, like Philippians. And then I cross-referenced another one. I had a notebook that, that had, uh, it was like uh, all it was scriptures and scriptures, um, and was more promises and more promises, and every one of those scriptures, you know what you do? You pray. Your spouse is in your name in it. Do not waste the time in reading it. Turn it into a prayer. So are you abounding in love? Are you ready to have an undivided heart? Are you going to Ezekiel 11 says, and I'm stopping, but this is what the sovereign Lord says, Ezekiel 11, 17 to 21. They will return to you and remove all its vile images and death. Oh, that's not a good place to start. Verse 19. I will give them an undivided heart. I will. It's a promise. Ezekiel 11, verse 19. And give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. Hallelujah. 
I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees, be careful to keep my laws, and they will be my people and I will be their God. But as for those whose hearts are devoted to the vile images and the detestable idols, I will bring them down on their own heads what they have done, declares the sovereign Lord. Praise the Lord. I am saying, do not, do not be discouraged. Do not be defeated. Do not give up. Believe what the Lord can do and don't give up. Yes, it's a Bible study. Yes, it's a discipline. But do it for 10 minutes a day. Do it for five minutes a day. Do two, one verse with five scriptures and write them down. And just do one verse. It may take a month to do the whole Psalm 86. But think of what you have learned and the scriptures you've prayed with your spouse and family's name in it. We reap what we sow. Are we sowing good seed? Or are we sowing selfishness and we get so hooked up with these phones, with Facebook and Twitter and, and uh, Pinterest and I don't, I'm not going to drive the phone. Uh, but any, I almost dropped it. Uh, but I mean, you, you can get so blinded. You can just get so distracted. That's the word the devil told, the Lord told me. That you, I'm getting distracted. But my, well, what my goal is, that I do, it's good things I do. But it's not the goal that he gave me. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have a goal, you've got an assignment. What is your assignment? Are you getting distracted to do something else that's good, but it's not what he wants you to do? See, I'm going to see the Lord a lot sooner than you are, probably. And I've got to get di not distracted. And I've got to teach this. But I need to write it down. You need to pray for me. I want you to understand that every one of your hearts and lives... Oh, I'm sorry, Facebook. I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm here. <laughs> but I want you to understand that this is your husband or wife and children, your flesh and blood, your mom, your dad, your brothers, your sisters. Are we burdened? Or do we get distracted of the days and the things of the world and the fun of things that we don't come home and say, I'll take 15 minutes, I'll take 20 minutes, I'm going to take 30. I know when I start the Bible, I can go for hour to hour and a half. Because I, once you get into it, it's easy to stay into it unless you got the, something happening. So anyway, I'm over my time. Oh, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for Psalm 86. Thank you for Ezekiel 11. Thank you for Philippians 1. And the scriptures can go on and on and on. Thank you for your word. Thank you where we are living in America, in a free country, that we do not have to hide the Bible or take one piece of paper to have it, only one piece of the Bible. Oh, God, help us 
to have a burden to pray for America. Help us pray for everyone that's in the election. Help us pray for the state, the local, and the city government. Let us remember to pray for the military and the businesses that are having trouble or the ones that are successful. Let us remember to pray for the kids that go to school that they're protected. Oh, Lord, I pray for the media, that we, they would speak just the truth and only the truth, that we would all be honest with our tongues and, and touch our tongues, that we would speak the truth and not lies, even to our spouses. And, Lord, we pray for our church. Oh, let us stand up and pray for our pastors around the world, that they would preach the gospel and that they would cry out and say, pray for the lost. Jesus is coming. Are we ready? Oh, Lord, help our church, protect our church, and get the devil out of it and stop the divorce. Lord, I pray that you would be with all of the um, schools and the, and the businesses, but be with our families because our families are torn apart and we, have, we should not have, we should have all our men, all the men, all the fathers to be with their families. It takes two to create a child, and it takes two to raise a child. And we are praying for our marriages to be restored and resurrected and healed, and our children will not be traumatized as they are. And, as they're, and, and on, on a Dr. Dobson show just this last week, I think, there was um, Archibald Hart that has written two or three books about the consequences of divorce because he was uh, divorced in his family and the pain he went through. Lord, we're asking you to rescue our kids that they don't have to go through this pain and suffering. I wish my kids never, ever had to see other women with my husband. Lord, rescue us and take us and teach us, and help us, guide us. And Lord, we're, we're asking you to answer us and direct our steps in everything we do. And we were just asking the, everybody that here has the most urgent need, may you answer their prayers this very night, tomorrow, quickly, soon, for the ones that are going to court, the ones who are having surgery this week and are having to find out if they have cancer. Lord, there's brain tumor surgeries this week. There's biopsies and all sorts of things this week. And Lord, we just ask you, for all the people that are facing court, that you will do miracles and stop and give them, give them the justice that they deserve, that you know they deserve. And may you block and stop these divorces and may they have a Damascus Road experience right there at the courtroom. And we will just give you the praise and the glory, touch our families, heal our families, resurrect our families, and heal our hurting children that they believe that daddy and mommy are coming home. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Oh, God is good. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org 
and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.